So maybe we should start with uh, how your Bitcoin's doing. What's my Bitcoin doing? <laughs> it's, it's not doing bad. <laughs> it's not doing good. When did you invest? What yeah. number again? What number? Mm-hmm. Come closer so the microphone can not hear. Not a lot. No, it was at what? 17? 15K. Oh, it was at like 17K. Yeah. <sighs> it's going to go up, dude. At least that's what everybody says it's going to do. The camera lens is working great. We uh, we're live in we're live streaming YouTube styley with the new Moment Superfish. Not sponsored. They're just a dope Seattle company. They're like all over this place right now. But uh, I'm ex- I'm excited to have you on only because I respect your opinion Thanks, on a lot of stuff. Do you have any direction you want to take this? Mm. I have a couple news stories picked out, and I just want to go over them and then also get a second opinion. Okay. Um, first one being, this lady in Britain says that she spiked her guest's food that was a vegan, mm. and she just stepped down. Spiked it with... She says, the brag was reportedly posted in a closed Facebook group where members started asking if she was being for real. She says that she, quote, spiked a vegan's food an hours ago. And she got phone calls and death threats and one-star TripAdvisor reviews saying that afterwards that no animal products were used in the customer's meal. But she says she, quote, fully, hadn't fully realized the consequence of what it meant to say that she spiked a vegan's food, end quote. Yeah, I think that's kind of messed up. Do you have any predispositions towards vegans? How do you feel about vegans? Hey, man, who am I to judge, you know? <clears throat> Um, have you tried it? Would you ever try being vegetarian? I have tried being vegetarian. How long did that last? 60 days. Really? Yeah. When was that? This year? Uh, last year. That wasn't during the sugar, no eating sugar thing. It was. It was. It was. Oh yeah, no meat, no meat, no meat. No meat, no meat. Yeah. What would you feel if someone was like, oh yeah, there was chicken in that? I mean, I'm kind of... I'm not a super like diehard vegan, so mm-hmm. I would be, I would feel like it, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it's kind of uh, messed up that she did that. We're uh, we're pretty good about that yeah. at our stuff. If there's uh, like a uh... funny story, I used to work with this chef. Um, he was really bad at that. He would like put stuff in it, put like meat products in. We're gonna undisclose the uh, restaurant, yeah, for for privacy reasons. I mean, I'm sure it happens all, all the time. Yeah, everywhere. of course. But going on Facebook and bragging about it is a completely other. Yeah. Especially, especially if you're the owner, right? Like, if you're a line cook and you have like, you're just bragging to your homies, mm-hmm. then it's maybe a little bit like, whatever. But like, to be a public facing person and say that, I'm sorry if you guys can't 100 percent read this. Uh, all the text but uh the restaurant was called carlini it was an italian joint um super unfortunate hold on what does it say sebastian ice sorry but vegan says why i don't that's crazy isomalt and agar agar well agar agar is a seaweed and isomalt is like a modified sugar right Mm -hmm. so rather than vegetarian ecological yeah i think i feel like vegans if they say that they're not doing it because of the mistreatment of the animal, it's one thing. And then there's another side of people, I think, that are vegan, vegetarian, because they don't want to, like, support all of the resources that go into producing meat. But then at the same time, they're totally fine with refined sugar so, and stuff like that takes. Do you ever see uh, Aziz Ansari? Yeah. Where like doing? Master of None? No, no, no. Oh, like stand-up. He's doing a stand-up. And he goes, like, people in the audience... How many of you eat meat, right? And then everyone uh, raises their hand. And then he's like, uh, uh, how many of you, like, don't want to be, eat, be eating meat, right? Uh, and, like, everyone raises their hand, right? And then, um, oh, no. How did you get, <laughs> I forget. It's like uh, everybody wants to be, like, vegetarian, ethical. But at the same time... <laughs> vegetables suck yeah right? yeah i don't know i feel like it it is it is a it is a trend and there is something that goes along with just being able to say that you're a vegan mm-hmm. and that's part of the the draw 
to it. I don't know. I think there's like health reasons as well. Oh, of course. Like, um, like I have some family members that aren't strictly uh, uh, vegan. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was reading a I was listening to a podcast yesterday about this guy who studies the lives of people that are centenarians, people that live to be like a hundred. Mm-hmm. It was like all these people in like the Mediterranean and Japan. Mm-hmm. It's like mainly vegetables, not a lot of animal protein. Yeah. Complex carbs. It's true. I mean, if you can there's eat like that. Food, there's a lot of food documentaries out there. Mm-hmm. Taste the... Switching it more to a little bit more of a millennial story. Did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. I did. I just heard about this. I so, thought it was funny, like the name. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's, it's in Austin. There's a dating app called Dinder that will uh, set you up with dinner and choose a restaurant for you. So it's super interesting. If you guys have played uh, HQ Trivia lately, there's time slots, right? So there's one at 3 p.m. and one at 7 p.m right? Like before you go to dinner, right? And what it'll do is it'll set up a 10 minute time window where you can swipe to pick people. And if you match, it'll give you a restaurant uh, with three different restaurants between uh, where two of you are located. So it's using all of these kind of like services. So between location and uh, restaurant like Yelp. uh, And it's all for that day. And you'll just meet with that person. And they also give you conversation points to come up with afterwards i know that both of us are not single but this is actually like made for us yeah like dinner instant dinner where you don't have to be like do you want to go to a bar you want to go to a concert like we want to go out to eat yeah and it's not a movie and at least you're gonna like talk to people because they give you like talking points yeah let me see beverages today hubert's got h2o I, and I got another case of this stuff. Again, not sponsored. Just like, I haven't, like, I'm trying to drink more water this year, you know? Near, as opposed to what? As opposed to everything else. Soda. You gave up soda last year, too. I gave up soda. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Would you use this? Would you Would you give up all the other dating apps and use Dinder? Mm. No? Probably not. Why? Because I mean, do you think it, it, it? Do you think it attracts a different demographic of people? I feel like this is a. I feel like a lot of like you know foodies would use this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I like going on dates that aren't always at restaurants. Always about food, but I mean, it it is. I would argue the best. And not to bring up Aziz Ansari again, but that episode of Master of None when he meets all the different girls in a restaurant in restaurants, yeah, like funny. that leads to the best conversation. At least, yeah. like for me, like the most boring first date would be going to a movie. Yes, definitely. Um, and then he even says, "quote the the founder Zachary Kassler says, quote we want our community to spend less time on the screen and more time face to face." Sebastian, yes, Hubert did get a girl. Uh, do you also have to match two on the restaurant, or they suggest... Re- so, uh, Sebastian asks, do they suggest a restaurant? They say, it says, quote, uh, Dinder speeds up the planning process by providing conversation topics and three restaurant options halfway between the user's locations. So, I think that encourages you to talk a little bit more. And it says, restaurants are curated uh, via Yelp and through Eater uh, and... Eater Austin says there are plans for curated date lists from local bloggers and publications and sponsorships. So apparently you can pay to get your restaurant featured on this app, which is probably one of the reasons that they're making money. But it's also no doubt a huge draw for food bloggers to, uh, I mean, to be able to say that you're suggesting things on an app Mm -hmm. is pretty cool. At least I think so. Look at this. I'm getting advertised for cryptocurrency. What do you feel about this story? So this next story that we're going to talk about is all around... It's an update to an update to an update on the Mario Batali story. So I didn't even know that Nancy... I didn't even, I didn't even see this. Yeah, so uh, the story is uh, Nancy Silverton and Lindy, Lydia Bastianich are moving into leadership roles at Batali's restaurant group. So everybody knows what happens with what happened with Mario Batali. We talked about it on the show before. Do you have any thoughts on it? Opinions? Because I know you and I are both like the last people to ever like sexually miss treat anyone in in the um so i actually didn't really read into this yeah so uh mario got hugely hit for like seven or eight women coming forward and saying that he Mm -hmm. sexually mistreated them Mm -hmm. like 
uh, verbally, physically. Uh, he was also part of this huge thing that happened at the Spotted Pig. They had, like, upstairs of their dining room was, like, considered, like, the rape room where people would literally, like, go and, yeah, it was not good. So, Mario doesn't have, he's not on the Chew anymore, which mm-hmm. is his show on ABC. He is, that's what this is about. So, it says, uh, Batali and Bastianich Hospitality sent a letter to the staff uh, announcing several major changes. Mm-hmm. Happened on December 22nd, so this is a, a while ago that this happened. They say that they can't be specific on it, but uh, women will take on leadership roles in the company. We will be creating a new company whose structure and name will better reflect that of our restaurant success, built on the contributions of many, not just one or two. Mm. I don't know. Do you have thoughts? Do you? Because uh... it's it's crazy. It all happened so fast. It's like all of a sudden, like within a month. Yeah, that's very fast. It's um, huge news. I mean, this isn't this isn't like anything new you know this happens all the time in restaurants but with all the news in hollywood it's finally coming forward and it's finally like getting into the spotlight and 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 Mm -hmm. women are actually feeling more empowered to come forward it says uh part of that job silverton and lydia bastianich will be responsible for putting an end to the quote-unquote boys club culture i get it i get it the thing the thing is it sucks it really sucks mm-hmm. because there's guys like you and me who don't do that stuff. Yeah. And we get roped in. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, and I don't know. There's a ton of also, like, my demographic on this channel is mostly males, too. I'd be curious to see what you guys think. You can let me know. Because, of course, there's going to be, like, because it, the, 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 the thing that I'm frustrated with is that it's getting roped in to be men versus women. As opposed to like good people versus bad people, yeah. And that's that's where it frustrates me, and where it gets like where there's a gray area, and it's not so black and white. Because now it's this thing where it's like all men are bad. It's just not. It's just not true. There have been. Um, well, so when I was at um, this other restaurant, we used to be a all male mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. and then when I left, I ended up finding out it was um, the whole the whole. Oh yeah, that's right. Everyone was female. Yeah, basically. Um, I don't know. We would get that all all the time in the restaurant in Norway, where it was like we would say specifically, you could notice the difference when it was an all male kitchen Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, versus even just one woman in the kitchen was like a drastic change in the way that the entire kitchen because you have to have that equality. Like you can't say certain. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. And it, and it's not just that, but it's like, because it's not that it was just like this pirate talking ship when it was just all males. It was just like a constant, unrealistic expectation to like push and be mm-hmm. tough and, mm-hmm. and whatever. But, and it's not to say that there was any preferential treatment when a female was in the kitchen or anything, but I don't know. It's just interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sad. It's sad. It is. Here's an interesting story, and I'd be interested to see what you uh, have to say about this. Uh, Qua, we talked about this story a couple weeks ago on the show, but uh, Eric Anderson, the guy who was at Catbird Seat, mm-hmm. he is he took over Qua because uh, Matt Kirkley is doing Boku Store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they just released his new menu, and maybe we can go through it and talk about it a little bit. There's just some photos, uh, just some photos, 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 but the real menu is here. Huber, you got to talk louder. I do. <laughs> so it's 250 bucks for this menu. Would you pay 250 bucks for this menu? Let's go through it. Oh, First fun. dish, citron marshmallow with oxalis red radish. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Fresh. High, super high acid. Citrus, oxalis, and radish. Gooey duck. Gooey duck, caramelized duck cream, green onion, clam jelly. That's a dish you would do. Yeah. <laughs> no? That's, yeah. Dungeness crab, that's this dish here. Whoa. I mean, that's pretty, like, Nordic, I guess. With citrus leaves and black sesame. I definitely see, like, the Matt Kirkley influence. Influence. But, I mean, it's also supposed to be a uh, head nod to 
uh, Daniel Patterson uh-huh. is what it says. It says Ridley, Riley Redfern mm-hmm. is the pastry. Do you know who that is? No. Um, sturgeon with roasted chicken, caviar, bay leaf, tarragon. It's kind of old school. This tart here, black truffle. It's an interesting looking dish. Fermented pepper toffee. What's etrog? Is that cheese? It's probably cheese. Chocolate milfoy with mint and coffee. That sounds gross. <laughs> That's because you don't like chocolate. I don't. No, I don't like chocolate. I don't like chocolate and mint. That's totally true. I think. Would you pay two hundred fifty bucks for this? Is it interesting enough? Is it like? You see, this is interesting. You go by courses. Yeah. So maybe we can talk about this for a little bit. Because when you ate at Qua, you were disappointed. I was. If anybody's, if anyone, if anyone <laughs> works at Qua, I'm sorry. It's I, fine. I was, that's fine. I was disappointed when I went. That that's my whole. That, so that's my whole shtick on this show. I don't want to talk about restaurants unless we've been there, mm-hmm. or unless I've been there. Like you can say whatever you want, but I don't like to talk about restaurants unless I've actually been there. And I also like to add the asterisk within the last six months, because. You might have thought the Qua menu was a ripoff when you were there, but this might be the best meal of your life for 250 bucks. And if you compare it to another place just down the street like Cezanne, which is going to charge you 450 mm-hmm. this is half the price, if it's going to give you just as good of a meal yeah. and make you that much happier and provide you an experience, then um, I see no problem with it. Yeah, I mean, it was a combination of things. Uh, I think... I vaguely remember, but it was 250 bucks felt like i got ripped off because i only got like four uh five courses five courses one, and it was a bunch of snacks right and they were like one course was an oyster of the five yeah that's crazy so <laughs> and that was the first course mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. um that was just because another guy you ate with that's also a mutual friend of ours said something similar where he didn't feel yes. like it was of a, a, a value exactly. a valuable experience exactly but they got two Michelin stars, right? So, like, this is no doubt. Do you think they're going with three Michelin stars for this menu? Yeah. I think I think um, restaurants like these, they're... Always chasing. They're always looking for that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the one, two, three... How many courses was it? One, two, three, four? Like Eleven. Eleven. And you probably get some snacks also yeah. in addition at the start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. I think it's worth it. Two, you three, think it... Yeah? Okay. Do you think it's three stars? We'd have to experience it for sure. I mean, this is pretty, uh, this is pretty, so another thing that I'd like to acknowledge in this menu is the super common theme that I'm noticing in menus. I saw it in Chicago. I'm seeing it in this menu is like this weird pseudo fusion of weird ingredients plus Japanese stuff plus old school French mm-hmm. that's the menu right so like it is, so doing yeah. things like oxalis or like clam jelly yeah, or yeah. like uh, well like parsnip or like salsify or like doing almond is all very kind of Nordic and then you go to like Japan with like seafood green onion rice, rice Right, like, and then this weird French thing as well, where it's like Armagnac prune and milfui and you know caramelized duck cream. It is definitely a trend. Is it kind of? Do you like? Do you get excited about it? I'm kind of like, I'm almost over it. But at the same time, when I write a menu, I know I kind of want to go that direction just because I know that that is the pinnacle of food. Yeah, I know we might get a lot of stick for saying this, Mm -hmm. but I feel like. A lot of restaurants in California do this same food. Yeah, I mean, because you could th- this this menu to me has no identity, mm-hmm. right? Like you could you could tell me that this is the menu yeah, from Quince, exactly. and I would be like, exactly, probably. You, you would believe it. I would believe you. Exactly. Or I mean, I also look to some of the other restaurants in, and that's really hard to find an identity when you're trying to please people and you're trying to and this. That's why I want to talk about it like this, because I don't want to talk about it like we're talking shit on everyone when we're just two dudes who don't have a restaurant, right? Exactly. And it's like these people who are executing at this very high level, and 
that, like there's a humility to it, but at the same time, it's like there has to be something, some identity to it. So, I don't know. That, 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 that's my two cents on this, on this whole entire piece. It's an interesting menu. We'll have to see where it goes. But uh, that's my current kind of like state of the union opinion on, on what the food is right now. Um, well, I'm just going to text Qua Restaurant. <laughs> Stop talking shit. The Emulsion Podcast sucks. <laughs> Death threats. <clears throat> mm. How do you feel about this? So the story is Massimo Bottura opened an all-day restaurant at the Gucci Garden. So this is to kind of um, this is something I wanted to cover to piggyback off of the story we covered the other day, where in New York on Fifth Avenue, Tiffany's opened a breakfast spot, so you could do Ola Alfonso. Uh, so what were you gonna say? I, I'm sorry I've, that you guys are getting advertised by all these pop-ups on my uh, browser. I need to get an ad blocker for my Chrome. Anyways, keep stop, going. Stop throwing banana republic. Yeah, I know. I bought no, this shirt. Um, I just bought this shirt. Anyways, I've uh, I've always thought about this. So tell me a little bit more about it, because I haven't even read this story. I want to get into it deep with you. Um, well, basically, it's just food when people go shopping. Oh yeah. Um, but Alfonso, when you say their gear for servers is amazing, are you talking about here at Gucci Gardens or Qua? But keep going, Hubert. Probably Gucci. So. Diversifying his portfolio, all-day museum restaurant, Gucci Osteria in the brand new Gucci Garden in Florence, Italy. Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. That's Interesting. Fine. That's fine. Fifty-seat restaurant will include Italian dishes like Parmigiano-Reggiano tortellini and mushroom risotto. Also, Peruvian-inspired tostadas and pork belly buns. Twenty to thirty euros per item. That is crazy. It says. The restaurant is a reminder that Florence has always been a center of cultural exchange, particularly during the Renaissance. Interesting. Gucci CEO and Bottura are childhood friends. That totally makes sense well, now. Well, it's funny because um, you don't see, like, there's a lot of fashion brands out there that have um, hotels. Mm-hmm. And uh, the food has to be there. Yeah. Every... Well, there are. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, Bul- that's true. Bulgari mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in uh, Tokyo. They, ha- I think they have a three star. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's the draw, dude. Like, so that's that. Th- and the reason why I covered the Tiffany story is because brands will pay for this, yeah. right? Like, if you're if you're ma- if you're if you're a fifty million dollar a year brand, you can afford to pay a million dollars a year for a restaurant. Or at least invest in something that could provide returns. And especially if you have a brand like Massimo has, it totally makes sense because then it's just a win-win. Yeah. Gucci gives exposure. Massimo gives great food. Um, I just thought it was really interesting. I think it's, um, like you said, it's a good it's good play by them because um, the clientele is, you know. Mm-hmm. It's right in that. In, luxury. Yep, luxury. Three Michelin stars, Gucci, it's the same. Yeah. That's so funny. I mean, I'm going to be interesting, like, I said it when we talked about the Tiffany story that it's going to be interesting to see what other brands make this kind of play, uh, at least in this style of Gucci partnering. Osteria. Gucci Osteria. That's the goal. All right, how, do we, how do we get goal. that in the U.S.? Huh? Oh, I know. Well, that's the thing. It's, it is in, in the U.S. There's, you, can be, you could go be a line cook at Tiffany's and make breakfast. Get paid. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Get paid. I think it's like 35 bucks. That is... That is the interesting thing to me about all of these concepts is that we scoff at like pork belly buns for 30 euros, but these brands that are used to, well, that's, that's number one. The other thing that I talked about in the Tiffany story is that when you have a brand like Tiffany that probably makes what, like 20% profit on their products, arguably more, Mm -hmm. right? They're selling the brand, right? They're not selling jewelry. They're selling the brand, right? And that's that's where the markup comes. So I mean, it could probably be forty percent profit. Like we don't we don't know. But then when they hear about food and they're like pork belly buns, you're gonna make like three percent profit. They're like fuck that, no. And so then they mark it up, and then they they market it in a very similar way to how their other products go. And that's why we see 
all of these brands that do restaurants and they're quote unquote expensive to us, mm. but you're comparing it to, I don't know, the pork, like pork belly bun shop down the street, Yeah, yeah. you know? So, I mean, you can go get pork buns right now for like what, like nine bucks really? for like two, two pork buns for nine bucks mm-hmm. and you're gonna pay $30, 30 euros at Gucci Austria. I think, I just think it's funny. And, and to see like companies that are actually like profit minded and business minded come in and do restaurant concepts because the prices don't match up to, to a normal restaurant. It's just not how it goes because chefs aren't in it for the money. Sebastian says a Victoria's Secret Hooters mashup would be nice. <laughs> would. You know, what's funny. You know, what's big in Seattle when I moved here is, um, these uh, bikini coffee oh yeah that is a real thing which i also didn't and maybe i did see it and like when you're driving in middle america and you like i just thought it was the weirdest thing so the story is the 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 concept is it's a it's like a hut it's like a shed it's like Mm -hmm. a shack Mm -hmm. and there's an espresso machine in there and like a sink and then some lady works in there in like a bikini or like very scantily clad clothes and just you drive up with your car and get espresso and tip it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> Lise Vaca with Victoria's Secret. Yeah, you got to talk to uh, Sebastian about that, Alfonso. He, he can probably give you the hookup there. That's, that's your guy's business, not mine. I did have a question come in, though, that was uh, Hubert-focused, and it was, where, did, where do you want to be in five years? Where do I want to be in five years? And you don't have to give a solid, because I don't know. I don't know about me. I'd be curious to hear know. if you've thought about it. I've definitely thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want something of my own. I think in five years, a business or because we've we've also talked about like you know uh, automated sources of income and mm-hmm. you know like it, does it have to be a restaurant? Does it have to be a business? Can it just be like real estate or stock investments or? Um... cannot give you a uh, answer that's fine that's fine but you want something that is your own and has your name like do you want to be the forward-facing thing of it exactly okay exactly Mm -hmm. um but i think it takes a lot of money Mm -hmm. which i don't (laughs) takes a lot of time takes a lot of resources takes a lot of dude so that's what i'm working towards okay that's good that's a good answer what uh have you noticed any other stories that you want to cover mm-hmm. that you want to talk about i'm just well, scrolling through eater right now i'm here just uh hanging out with you dude. yeah of course what uh so we got it we got a pop-up secured yesterday which i'm super excited about we need to write the menu about that <laughs> ernesto is better what's up ernesto. oh that's ernesto why do you go by Alfonso? Oh my god. Ernesto, you gotta tell us it's you, dude. Ernesto, that's you? Lolo, lolo, lolo. Okay. Ernesto, that's so funny. That is so funny. You gotta tell us how. Uh, How's Sa- Copenhagen, huh? Yeah, he's at Sanchez. Did you I see that? I saw that. That's you're, dope. You're all over Instagram. That's so dope. I love it. I love it. Um. <clears throat> Let's see, let's see, let's see. We gotta write a menu. Yeah, we do. So I'm thinking about doing like the you know, French, Japanese, <laughs> like... Pacific Northwest local ingredients. Yeah. Some weird ones too, like fermented stuff. Yeah, Latin names. Oh you and your six middle names. Uh maybe we can talk about this one. Uh so the the idea that we're trying for this new pop up not just for strict revenue purposes, but for just streamlining so we can feed more mm-hmm. people, is I want to try two seatings. Yeah. It's going to work, right? I mean, I don't see why not. we got to be set up at like five. We can do it. Um, yeah, the seatings are fun, actually. Uh, I know at Luxus they did. Two seatings? Two seatings. Yeah. When I was Interesting. Hanging out there. Yeah, yeah. Um... Here's a good one. Food trends predicted to take over. Okay. Regional Mexican and Chinese. Asian island cuisine. 
restaurants designed for delivery and takeout. 3,000% true. You don't need a dining room anymore. You don't. Like, if you're, yeah. like, if you're a restaurant that's... People spe- want that experience, too, you know? Yes and no, though. Because why do you need to have an experience? Like, what experience does 1010U Ramen provide you? Okay. Nothing, okay. right? I guess, like, yeah. zero. They provide you, like, with a, di- with a place to sit down. I had different uh, restaurants. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I see, and maybe you can, uh, like, you know the, the dumpling houses in, like, New York City, Chinatown? Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, there's, like, a counter where you can stand and eat your dumplings if you want. And the rest of the restaurant is automated through takeout stuff. Uh-huh. That's going to explode. Like, I mean, dumplings you are... You yeah, 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 of course. But with there's making that. it actually more accessible, where there's more delivery drivers, oh. I can be in my office, I can be in my house, I can I be like... I also think, like, what kind of image does that create for a restaurant? You know? A hopefully profitable one, where you don't have to worry about square feet for a dining room. I mean, no, you... can you look, imagine, like... I guess I'm taking it to the extreme level, for, mm-hmm. uh, like the fine dining, mm. where they do that. Yeah, of course. But that that experience is completely different. And this is something that I talked about, like on episode like six of the show or something like that. Like where whenever, whenever I hear like, uh, oh, it's a two for one, uh, do this. Um, oh, I, deals at restaurants are always a trap. Yeah, the I food will, is never going to be good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I also, Maybe it I is. Always, I always think of like. I mean, yeah, Ernesto says it. He says, "I see it here." Ihe de Sanchez against Sanchez. It's a different crowd for sure. When you're that, when you're that fast, easy, accessible food, as opposed to the sit-down experience, yeah. it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Gut-friendly menu items. I can see that being a big thing. I was so reading a lot about. Huh? Let's go to Copenhagen. <laughs> Ernesto, can we come stage with you in Copenhagen? Fine, casual labor issues, customized employee, tr- colorful food. Totally. Did you see the binging with Babbage with like the rainbow grilled cheese? I think I saw that. that That's. Gross. I mean, it's super gross. Vegan desserts, vegetable yeah. entrees. That's been around for a while. Nostalgic foods. That's going to be huge. Yeah. Come back. So I'm thinking it's like, like next. Like next, but like even more. Like I'm thinking with like brands, like Ring Pops. Like why can't Ring Pops come back? Right? Or like a uh, Fun Dip. Fun dip. fun dip like any of those candies they don't make those anymore. i don't know if they don't make them anymore they still make gushers um yeah but i'm talking about like i don't know i don't know what nostalgic food is my parents didn't really cook growing up nostalgia for me is like nostalgic, mcdonald's nostalgic snacks yeah yeah that's true yeah cereal cereal is hugely nostalgic for millions of Yo, people fun fact i haven't eaten cereal in like two years do you still intake dairy? Are you still cool with dairy? I don't drink. I've almost cut out dairy from my diet. I don't I don't drink milk. When I eat cereal, I use nut milk. Oh, yeah? And that's just because, I don't know. I mean, like, the only dairy <clears throat> is, like, um, butter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, cream. But... That's very limited. I mean, that's when we do a pop-up. We buy very, hella butter and cream. Limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Farm to shaker. How do you feel about that? Like using local organic ingredients in your drinks, like cocktails. I mean, you uh, don't drink that much. Uh, I mean, yeah, it definitely is a trend. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. I think everyone, at least in America, is trying to create the next viral Oh, of course. Thing, Dude, you know? so I was literally talking to someone the other day who was like, I'm on the board for this company that does uh, pears. Like, and we want like pears to be the next avocado. Like, we're literally trying to, like, slowly inject pear into people's, like, mindset yeah. so that the pear will be the next avocado. Mm-hmm. I hate pears. Pears are vastly it, Yo, uh, I saw this sucky funny. compared to apples. Oh, I saw this funny meme. It was, uh, if you follow this Instagram uh, account called For the Chefs. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Pears. Like, I really enjoyed that, uh slow poached pear said no one ever yeah it's so true dude <laughs> pears suck fuck pears this is this episode is gonna be called fuck pears house made condiments it's kind of old school sustainable seafood healthful kids meals ghee 
uncommon herbs, specialized tea. We're talking about restaurant trends oh, for 2018. Right Instagramable foods. Instagramable foods. Nice. Affordable food. Dude, I feel like you could just say anything. And it can be like a trend. I was literally about to say that. So stupid. Food you make from movies. Chef driven ref chef driven fast casual concepts. Grain bowls. This is not a trend, guys. Eater. Do better. Be better. No broth ramen. What the hell is that? There are way too many trends. I agree with you, Sebastian. This is literally just saying anything that made a headline last year is gonna be a trend this year. Poke. Poke's gonna die this year. Okay, so in Seattle, I guess poke is a huge, huge, trend. huge. In California, it's just like whatever. Well, I saw a post yesterday, and I think Pete Wells retweeted it that said something along the lines of like, some lady said, "Stop calling ceviche poke. Anything that's like cooked in acid is not the same thing. Is is like call it whatever you want. It's the same dish." And I was like, "Poke is not ceviche. Yeah, because the fish isn't like cooked." No it's like acid. mayo. There's like ma- like like spicy mayo on your tuna. Yeah. And that's poke. Well, poke also... Um... It's Hawaiian, right? Yeah, it's Hawaiian. Yeah, I'm trying to go there. I don't want to go to... I don't like poke. I'm sorry. I just don't like poke. Is cronut still a trend in the States? I think it's died down. Yeah. It's definitely died down. But there is no one better at creating actually tasty viral pastries than Dominique Ensel yeah. because you actually respect his skill yeah. right like when we want to do a recipe for a pop-up you will often ask or you'll often say let's do that thing from Dominique Ansel, right well not do the exact mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. But, of uh, course but yeah I get it I'll look into his recipes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah I think he's he has some fun have you been to any of his international locations? Uh, bro, no. I haven't traveled <laughs> Where do you want to go this year? Where do I want to go this year? Um, I want to go to Benelong. Benelong in Sydney. Really? I think they, I think their food looks really good. Oh, to eat? Yeah. Spell that for me? B-E-N. Benelong. In the opera house? It's in the opera house. In the Holy. Opera house. Okay. Um, Let's look at their a, menu. It's a Peter Gilmore restaurant. Okay. You like Peter, Peter Gilmore. That's pretty old school. Salad of confit tomatoes with stracciatella, smoked almonds, amaranth, sherry, caramel, and Yo, I, I am a sucker for like old school stuff. Yeah, you like old school stuff, which is good. I respect old school stuff a lot. Yeah. I just, uh, again... I'm kind of like in that weird place where it's like there's a lot of French and a lot of Japanese. Oh, can they even see it? Uh, kind of. I wish I could uh, adjust the exposure, but it won't let me. Look at it. It's so beautiful. Well, can we bring it up? Yeah, let's do it. Here. What's up, guys? You hold hold it. Let's go do some full screen action. His food is really beautiful. The food at uh, Peter Gilmore's places is... Whoever he does for his food photography kills it. That looks dope. That looks like a Hubert side dish. What? Ooh, oh, right there. The that Sydney one. Opera House one? That's like the iconic uh, dessert. Yeah, yeah. This is a really horrible... Uh, UX. Where's the UX? I think it's because it's trying to scroll at the same time. Here, let's see if I can just find it. Oh, right there. This one. That's dope. I think that's really creative. Yeah, that's dope. Interesting. Yeah, low-key, I'm trying to do one for Seattle. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Space Needle? Something like that. Do it. That's awesome. Yeah, you should. You absolutely should. That would be super fun if we can do a Space Needle something. Or it doesn't even have to be a Space Needle one. There's lots of bridges and yeah, but like, like a Mount Rainier one yeah, would be but cool. you got to do like the icon. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the Space Needle. I don't know how that works. How does that work? 
It's easy because the the but Sydney I'm, Opera House is like a. I'm telling you, I'm working. Okay, so let's do it. Let's I'm talk working. it through. Let's 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 create a dish on the podcast. Create a dish on the podcast. So when you think Space Needle, I think of like rings. Uh huh. Right? So I don't know. You'd have to yeah, I'd have to um, do something that suspends the ring. Mm hmm. So then you call Martin Kastner and ask him to make you a base. <laughs> well, because that's the thing, right? Is that like. It's easy to do something like that. You could. You could. So what if you did like what they do, where it's like a meringue dome, and you do like the thin meringue kind of like tweels and stick them in, so it's going up, and yeah, then you do something on I, it. I mean, I could, but... Because the architecture of the Space Needle makes sense when it's like metal, but like food is not the same. And if it arrives to the table and it falls, yeah, done. Game over. Yeah game over um what if you did something inspired by just the top of the space needle well that's what i was thinking okay yeah just the top um i wouldn't really know what to use yet mm -hmm. I'm working oh like food wise yeah i'm working on it guys i wonder what the flavors are in that uh it's a it's a pavlova basically got it so it's like meringue and meringue cream mm -hmm. um, let's see if it actually says no, it is. I uh, oh, I researched. Yeah, okay. Uh, Australian cheese. Why doesn't it say? That's fine. Interesting. Interesting. Supper. Supper. On the top. Pavlova. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. See, so that that to me, which is 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 one of the reasons why I talked about the identity piece, right? Like, I can clearly tell that's a that is a yeah that is exactly. a Benelong dish. Or, and that's something that I'm much more uh, focusing on in 2018 with the food, more so than flexing on people. Because yeah. we did a lot of that last year. Aren't we all trying to? Yeah, of course. Find your own voice and whatever. Exactly. That's why. That's why I push you to do Chinese food or uh, Taiwanese food. Yeah. Even um, though it's not like your favorite. Maybe it is. I don't know. I like eating. Well, because you have a passion for old school technique too. So it's hard to, like, say no to that when that's, like, something that's interesting to you. Yeah. <sighs> what else? What else? What else? Anybody have any questions? Anybody watching have any questions for Hubert? Want to know? Anything you've always wanted to ask him? I would be upset if we got to episode 50 on this show and you weren't on the show. Peter Gilmore. I cooked for that guy at the French Laundry. Peter Gilmore? Yeah. Came in the kitchen. That's cool. It's really interesting. That's so funny that it says executive chef of Ben Along and its sister restaurant Key. That's so funny. He's killing the game. He's got it on lockdown. He's got some real like prime real estate. Uh here's an interesting one. Uh uh Lise Verkit Pizza Place. Sebastian asks, do you enjoy the pastry part of the pop-ups? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Um, I've always been interested in pastry, and doing pop-ups kind of gives me the freedom to just experiment. Well, because you don't have to take a full-time pastry job somewhere. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely made me read more. Mm -hmm. I've definitely uh, read through a lot of cookbooks, um, baking, pastry... And it's just a lot of experimentation. And I rely on it because it's yeah. like I don't have it. I mean, I have like very minimal pastry training. I have maybe like if you added it all up, it's probably like eight months of pastry work in like eight years of cooking. Yeah. Just kind of unfortunate. Here's a Okay. So Lisvaka, the restaurant that Hubert and I both worked at in Norway, is opening a pizza place. And they're hiring for anybody that's interested in gram.com slash leaseverket. Uh, for anyone that's interested in working in Norway at the place where we, uh, Hubert and I worked, it's called Holgorm. Yeah, Hubert's going to show it. Uh, info at leaseverket.no if you guys are interested. So funny. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see that happen. That was in the works uh, a year ago when I left. They were looking at the space for that. And what it is, is a year later, 
and they're just now hiring for it, which I, I think is awesome. And a super huge congratulations. Were you there when Chris was testing pizza out? I was not. He'd crank the oven to like 350 like Celsius. Celsius? <laughs> <laughs> Leave it for 20 minutes with a tray inside. Whoa. Make the pizza. Come by. Drop the pizza on the hot ass tray. And just throw it in the oven and close it. And hope that the smoke alarm didn't go off. It was crazy. It was awesome. Um, uh, where is the place? You Do you know where uh, Greg Holland was? And there's that strip... Uh, that's like of the coast? two, yeah. yeah the and there's like two blocks away from where uh, Global Food was. There's like a car dealership. There's like a strip where there's like just a bunch of shady buildings. At least when I was there, that the, that the the talk was like that that's where the space was going to be. So it's like literally walking distance. Yes, okay. yes, like within two blocks. Um, cool. But it's going to be a wine bar and pizza place. And Chris is super excited about it. They're obviously hiring. Uh-huh. Um, did you like Norway? I love Norway. <laughs> I want to go back. Yeah, we might go visit in December. Yeah, it's in it's in it's in the talks. It's in the it's in the I don't know. It's in the air. Phil we Collins. Have a, we style. have a friend coming in August too. Oh yeah, that's right. We have a Norwegian friend coming to visit. Super. So we'll stay with her. Yeah. For like a month. <laughs> I'm just saying. We're all tilted now. Uh, any other questions for Hubert? I'm going to wrap up the show a little bit. Sorry, guys. my first time on here. No, don't apologize. This is a fun episode. Anyways. That's the place. Okay, good. Good to know. Seba- confirmation from Sebastian Baker at uh, Lisvaka. This was fun. I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah, I, uh, I equate this to, uh, if anybody watches Tim Ferriss's podcast, I equate this to the, uh, the random show that him and uh, Kevin Rose do. Just talk about whatever. They talk about like new tech that they're interested in. They talk about, well, they're like Silicon Valley startup dudes. We're just yeah. two cooks. Is there a dish you've been wanting to try that you want to do at the end of February for the pop-up? Yeah. Yeah? Space needle. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. That's a good idea. I think teriyaki was a good uh, identity dish. Not necessarily for Seattle, but just like us being new and kind of like experimenting. Yeah, I think, yeah. Talking I about, mean, like... There's definitely... We could, um, we could improve it. Of course. You can always improve it. Improve everything. The thing that stuck out the most with me was Oba's feedback about the rice. What? Because a lot of the times when I go out to eat teriyaki, I really just want rice. Yeah. <laughs> I just want rice with sauce right. on it. You just want rice drowning <laughs> sauce. Yeah, yeah, I just want rice sick. with sauce on it. And so when we did the first iteration of it, it sucked that we didn't do any rice with it. So there has to be... But how we do it can change, right? Like, it can be a, a, a sidecar of rice yeah. or, like, you know, it's like a sharing portion of rice for people. I think, yeah, exactly. I think we could definitely uh, change it up a bit. I don't think we have to do it at every pop-up. But the problem is when you get known for a dish, you have you, to do it at do everything. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know when restaurants that come out with cookbooks, and uh-huh. they, they feature their iconic, their iconic dish. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, and they don't serve it to you. Yep. And then that's, you're all that's pissed when, off. That's when disappointment happens. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, because, like, for me, when I went to Alinea, I was super stoked to get all these dishes that I read about, and a lot of them didn't come, and a lot of them weren't on the menu that they gave us, and then they sent out the Black Truffle Explosion, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, yes. Like, I was so excited to receive that dish because it was just... That's good. I read about it forever, and you, like, know so much about this dish and this and the story, and then mm-hmm. it's fascinating. Anything well, to add, Hubert? Do you have a question congrats, for anybody here? Congrats on 1K. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, dude. I saw that. He's got 1,000 subscribers. Yes, I do. And you're one of them if you're probably seeing this, which is probably good. I love you guys. Uh, what, what, what do you want to know? What do you want to know from the uh, culinary school students, the line cooks, the sous chefs? The What are you curious about? What do you want to ask them? Hmm? Oh, me? You, yeah. What do I want to ask them? How did you, um, how did you find Justin? I asked that in my last video. You did? Yeah, I asked that at the end of my last video. Which which video did you find me on? You gotta ask something else. Something that you're curious about. Okay. Like stuff that they're excited about, or what kind of restaurant they want, or... So, when we were in culinary school, 
Mm-hmm. We always looked up to like Spanish cuisine, like Fran Adria. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Mugaritz and uh, Arzac. Yeah, all those. Um, for the culinary students, wh- who do you guys, like, who are your idols right now? Yeah, name some names. Who do you guys look up to? And, I don't know, Maybe I mean, it can even be line cooks, right? Like, yeah. even when I was a line cook, I still, like, idolized certain people. Yeah. Spain, for sure. I feel like, um, I don't know, as Americans, we, like, there's always a push to go train in Europe. I'm glad we did it. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's, uh, it's different. Do you agree that it's different? It is definitely different. And It's, like, much smaller teams, much scrappier, much yeah. more, like, kind of bare bones and technique focused and like Um, different product and yeah it was an invaluable experience i loved my experience in europe but uh i don't know do you feel like it's a lost a little bit like people don't want to go to europe anymore um because the world has gotten so global like before it was cool to have been an american chef that trained in france and then you come back and do french food or whatever yeah but the thing is like it's gotten to the point where like everyone says that Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So. And I would argue that because uh, everybody is so free to travel now, and because everybody knows what everybody else is cooking, you're yeah, not cool through, if through you're. The internet. Well, yeah, because you're not cool if you're serving chocolate milfui in California now. Yeah. Because some dude the in dude, Austin, yeah, Texas, exactly. is doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Got to differentiate. Got to have an identity. Closing think, thoughts? I don't know. I think just finding the right restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. 